A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Take, Take me, me to, to the April sun in Cuba. Cuba. Uh, hey, whoa, stop, whoa. stop, 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 stop. Josh, what is up with you? You're normally the best singer on this podcast. Your pitch, your timber, it's typically top class. But today, well, today it's like someone died, crawled down your throat, and it's their voice coming out of you. Ah, uh, it's Cuba, man. Every time we start singing that song, all I can think of is US intervention in a socialist paradise, and that uh, gets me down. Look, I know it's topical, and that of the two of us, you are the more overtly political, but with your extreme socialism and your hatred of all things imperial. But you've got to get it together. This song will not record itself. Yeah, but every time we hit that chorus, I don't see the April sun in Havana or cocktails on the beach or people being paid a decent wage no matter their position in society. No, all I can think of is Marco Rubio, Cuban exiles in Miami. It's not Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, no. It's Dirty Tricks Operation Northwood. All I can see is Fidel Castro going to light a, an exploding cigar. And you just feel your voice draining away. Look, I know how you feel. I'm not a monster. Operations Mongoose and Bingo, they give me sleepless nights as well. But we're recording this song, Joshua, for the people. Think of the joy it'll give them. The smiles. The, the people of Cuba? Possibly. I mean, if we have any people in Cuba who listen to this podcast, well, hello! No, I mean our regular listeners. They're practically begging for musical content. They're crying out for a classic Josh Addison singing extravaganza. Well, if it's for the fans, then I guess I can push my love of the Cuban people and my hatred of America to one side, but only for the fans. Okay, that's the spirit. Once more from the top. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello, you're listening to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Edison, sitting next to me as usual is Dr. M. R. X. Dentith, and the skull decanter is back. I it see. is indeed, and is the skull shotgast. Shotgast? Shotgast. Yes, it may not be Halloween anymore, but this is a shotgast. And it is quite ghastly. And both of these were gifts from Joshua, not the actual whiskey inside. He's never gifted me whiskey. I wouldn't know what kind to buy. It's one of your chief failings is A, not gifting me whiskey, and B, not knowing what kind of whiskey to buy someone when you're gifting them whiskey. Just talk to Nick. Well, anyway, before you hit the sauce too hard, is there anything we need to get out of the way? before we, we pile straight into this episode? Is this a leading question? No, Am I don't I think it is, actually. Of something no, that we're no. meant to get out of the way? I wasn't aware. Oh, we did, we did, we got that comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a fun one. So, we can speak about this comment because we are quietly confident. The mm. person who left the comment hasn't listened to the podcast. And certainly will not listen to this episode after. So it was a podcast on Charles Manson mm. and how Charles Manson is a plant for the CIA or something. 
and it's a thousand words long, mm -hmm. and it has no paragraphing or character turns in any way, shape, or mm -hmm. form, and frankly, that makes it almost impossible. And by almost, I mean, for me, impossible to read. Mm. It was a comment left. Uh, you may not be aware, I put the videos of these episodes up on a YouTube channel, but uh, being hosted through Podbean also, they'll automatically generate um, sort of a YouTube version of the podcast, so it's just sort of audio only, but it gets posted to YouTube. Um, and so input puts those ones up as well, and both versions of it got the same thousand word comment. Uh, so I'm I'm quite certain a person saw, hey, something to do with the Manson and the CIA. I will post my thousand word spiel on the end, and it did have a have a. Please listen to my podcast for more information or something at the end. So. Which we won't. Which we won't. No, no, no we've moved on. But even know who Charles Manson, Manson is. No, exactly, isn't he? Is that an Ellen Moore impersonator? Something like that. Yeah, got to be. You see Alan Moore's voting Labour. Alan Moore's a very strange man. He is very strange. No, he put a thing on like Facebook or something saying, now this may be strange coming from a social media phobic anarchist, but I plan to vote Labour at this election purely because he hates the Tories Are so you sure much. that isn't some kind of coded message by Alan Moore saying, look, I've been kidnapped, come and rescue me. I'm using social media. It's my only way of getting the message out. Well, it could be. I don't know. Maybe it's just another Alan secret. Moore... If you are in trouble and happen to be listening to this podcast, our Which lines are open. Are. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about... Well, actually, I was going to say we're not here to talk about weird beardy people, but we are. We're about to talk about another famous beard that attached to Fidel Castro. Um, so when you talk about... There's, you know, there's the slang term talking about someone's beard. Oh, someone's beard, yes. No, I'm not talking in that, in that sense. I'm talking about an actual beard. An actual an beard. An actual hair growing out of a person's face. You're, you've got hair growing out of your face. I've got hair out of growing my face. So did Manson, so does Ellen Moore, so did Fidel Castro. Draw draw your own conclusions. I already have. Mm. So, in that case, now that we've got that, that inexplicably lengthy YouTube comment off our chests... Uh, Let's proceed with the actual content, and let us now take the April sun to Cuba. Yes. Well, hey! Doesn't make much sense, but I'll take it. To Cuba? Mm. Good. Now, Frank, I'm surprised it's taken us this long to talk about it, really, because it is—it's a bit yeah, of a staple. Yeah, it is actually. It um, is. I mean, I mean, we, I don't think we've ever said exploding cigars. Don't, don't sure if we've ever talked about exploding cigars. It's been five no. years, but we haven't talked about exploding cigars. But so we're come talking up about today. Cuba, and we're talking about the large number of false flag operations the U.S. at least intended Ooh, to run against about the running. Cuban government. And of course, this is. This, this is a weird kind of evidence. So we've talked about false flags in the past, and we've talked about actual false flag operations, which really did occur. And we've talked about planned false flag operations and the way in which even a government talking about running a false flag operation and not going through with it is kind of contributory evidence towards the notion that these things are things that governments are at least keen to do which should be considered when we start talking about whether they are in fact doing them. Ooh. And Cuba has been kind of a thorn in the side of the US for quite some time, for reasons which aren't actually entirely clear. Well, it's more it's just, hatred of socialists on yeah, our southern border. Just just sort of Cold War, anti-communism. There also was as the uh, the pro-Russia mm. aspect to Cuba. Yeah. But the sustained... Anti-Cuban, Cuban, Cuban, 
anti-Cuba narrative or rhetoric that continues to emanate from the US, which was halted briefly under Obama, but is back in force under Trump, continues to be a bit of a mystery for those of us who aren't in the American government. Indeed. And especially for those of us, which is probably everyone listening to this podcast, who weren't actually around in the 1960s, um, and so aren't aware of just how wacky things became. I, pr I probably should have actually talked to my parents before we um, started, before we took notes. And stuff just so you could podcast. go, okay, boomer. Well, I could, and but so I could actually ask, ask human beings who were alive during the Cuba Missile Crisis what exactly it was. So actually you're saying we should bring like. my mother down from upstairs? Well, I mean, you could if you wanted to, but I mean, th this th this event, which like is talked about as the closest the human race ever came to a full-on nuclear war, um, these days it's just kind of a, a bit of a historical footnote. It doesn't seem to mean a then lot. Then again, actually probably... talking to people who weren't alive in the 80s about how close we came to nuclear Armageddon is also kind of fascinating. I mean, we belong to a generation that grew up with the threat of nuclear warfare in our lifetime. Mm. We had the Cold War, we had you know, the threat of communism, what was going on with the Berlin Wall and the like. And being a university educator and also briefly a primary school teacher, talking with people who weren't alive in the 80s or early 90s about the geopolitical situation at that time, you go, oh, I mean, things are bad now. Things are, you know, the climate's a catastrophe, the economy is crashing. But that threat of nuclear mm. war, that was that was a really unique feeling. I you I always remember when you learn about nuclear weapon, weaponry for the first time in a way that you're told that they might even be dropped on you. Yeah, I, 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 I think maybe it's just because I never watched Threads, but the, the whole spectre of nuclear war always just seemed very abstract to me. See, this is what I don't understand, because like most Western nations, we got those endless TV movies of the week about nuclear warfare. I've seen multiple cases on TV and Z screens, or TV1 and TV2 back in the day, of simulated explosions killing people for movies of the week. I have to assume you just weren't paying attention. Well, no, I probably wasn't. I read the books. Read, um, you, yeah. you don't read books. Well, I mean, this is this is a clear lie. Well, I was in school. They made me. I read My Brother in the Land and Z for Zachariah and stuff like that. Sort of the teen, <coughs> teen lit post-nuclear apocalypse stuff that came out in the 80s and what have you. But anyway, getting slightly off topic here, which is neither of us actually knows what things were really like in Cuba, but from reading about it, Pretty wacky. Oh, um, yes. So oh, America... very much so. Ever since... I think Castro came to power just after World War II, wasn't mm. it, I think? And, um, and yeah, America never too keen on the fellow and actually quite, quite keen on getting him out of there. And there were a lot of um, various operations that they had planned to either get rid of... just kill him, to assassinate him in some way or oust him or, or to, um, to, to basically help along a revolution in Cuba. Um, and of course, I understand things were a little bit wonky because you had the the Cuban exiles living in America who were kind of the rich folks who got booted out in the communist revolution to begin with, I understand. So they might have been colouring things a little bit from there as well. Yeah, I mean, there's actually a big role played by Cuban exiles living in Miami, particularly people who were moneyed interests in Havana, 
who went to Miami to basically re-establish themselves, like the Cuban Mafia and the like. It also occurs to me that some people are going to think we're doing our episode on Cuba because we're not talking about Bolivia. Because, of course, when we're talking about American intervention in Cuba, we also could be talking about American intervention in South America in general. Mm. And, of course, the Bolivian crisis is ongoing at this particular point in yes. time, but this we'll is mere coincidence. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about that at some point. This isn't our, it's too hot to touch. It's mostly coincidence. Mm. Or kind of is. is it? Yeah, probably. It is, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I I, th I think this was sparked because I saw someone put up a tweet a little while ago pointing out one of the things we're going to be talking about here, um, and the article they linked to was from 1997. It was like a Washington Post one or something. Um, because, yeah, it turns out in 1997, a whole bunch of documents de were declassified, and we got to see all the details of all these little plans America had back in the 1960s. Uh, so I'm not quite sure why people were talking about it last week, but um, they were, and I saw it, and now we're talking about it today. Twitter, no one understands how it really no, works. No, no one does. So we have, we have a bunch of operations. We have Operation Mongoose, otherwise known as the Cuba Project or the Cuban Project. We have Operation Northwoods. Operation Northwoods included within it Operation Dirty Trick, Operation Bingo, and probably a whole bunch of other operations as well. Those are just the names that happened to pop out when I was reading about this to begin with. Well, it's Operation Bingo, the one that involved the English... I say, Bingo, time to go to Havana and cause a bit of problems for those old Cuban exiles. No, what I eh? think it was something to do with a farmer who had a dog. Ah, Bingo was his mm, name. Yeah, no. So uh, Mongoose and Northwood seem to, do, seem to be the two big ones. Um, Operation Mongoose was authorised in 1960 under President then President Eisenhower. Good old Dwight. Old Dwight. And then uh, 1961, uh, we now had JFK was president. What um, happened to him? Ah, I don't know. He kind of disappears from history. Yeah, yeah. Mm, certainly, certainly nothing that would concern a conspiracy theory podcast. No, not at all. Um, in 1961, there was the whole Bay of Pigs invasion, which is another an, an entirely different kettle of fish. But that was, what well, was it? America backed an invasion to try and start a revolution, and it all just failed horribly. Yes, I mean, that is the, the short version, the, the short of, version a, of it. Rather long story, which is often taken to be related to this guy called Lee Harvey Oswald. Who, well, yes, there's the Oswald connection. But I, I, I'm not quite sure what role what he, he has had in history, yes, no. given our previous comments about mm. whatever happened to JFK. Yes. But no, so Mongoose... It, Basically, the the plan was um, it was it was it was a covert plan. It wasn't plans to you know bomb Cuba flat or anything. A covert plan to through various methods like sabotage and psychological warfare, propaganda, um, intelligence uh, gathering, and so on, would try and destabilize Cuba in such a way as to to make a revolution more likely. It was, yeah. So it's a classic case of. If we destabilize the government and the economy of a nation state, then we are basically fomenting revolution. If we do it secretly, people won't even be aware that we're responsible. They will blame the government of the day. The people will rise up, they will topple their communist government, and it will just naturally follow 
that the next government that comes into existence will be a pro-American one and everything will be fine because this always works out swimmingly. Mm. Yes, so especially 1961 after the Bay of Pigs uh, business went went all a little bit pear shaped. Um, Operation Mongoose, I, I gather from reading that, sort of became the okay. We're, we're not going to try the whole invasion thing. We're just going to do it more covert now. And, and, and old Mongoose, apparently, it's called Operation Mongoose because it involved uh, thirty three different plans for destabilizing Cuba, and there are thirty three species of mongoose. Now, I got that fact from Wikipedia. I would not stake my life on it. However, we will not question it because mm, it's wonderful. It is funny, yeah. Um, so, so this 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 then became the thing. More more sort of covert interference in in Cuba, um, for to do things like um, sabotage, sabotage. So when I say th th there was the no invasion, no, not not the Beastie Boys track. No, uh, really? actual sabotage, breaking things and stuff. Roddy Roddy McDowell's in that, the Beastie Boys song. Yeah. Is in it? the music video. Yeah. yeah. That's totally irrelevant, but I interesting. Know. Yeah. Um, no, so th th there were plans to destroy things like bridges, factories, power plants, plans to destroy Actually, the I tell like, it was fight, crops. fight for my right to party that Roddy McDowell's oh, in. Oh, that's much older. Yeah. yeah. So I, feel, I feel very, very ashamed well, of myself. Well, you should. Uh, they were talking about mining harbors, doing various things to destabilize, to, to damage infrastructure, destabilize the economy, things like that. Um, then things, things get a little bit more false flaggy. They talked about um, simulating the downing of, of planes or sinking of ships um, to, to, to sort of provide some sort of a pretext. It's like, oh, oh, yeah, looks like you're having a bit of trouble there, Cuba. And oh, oh no, now the American things, well, we've, we've, uh, we've just got to get involved at this point. Don't want to. Well, I mean, and that's, that's more to justify the action to people back home. Mm. So you might get a situation where the American people go, isn't it terrible that things in Havana are horrible? dum de dum de dum de do. Whilst if you then get a case of, oh, and by the way, they just sank one of our ships with all of our good troops upon it, then people go, oh my god, what are the Cubans up to? We must invade immediately. Which, of course, is one of the, one of the motivating factors for many false flags, is getting people at home angry about what mm. you're doing abroad covertly to then allow you to get away with doing what you want to do openly. But I may be getting ahead of myself a little with the false flags. Is this going to get, there's going to be a false flag extravaganza in just a little bit. That's but true. Let's, um, but first we must talk about cigars. Off, let's finish off Mongoose. Yeah, so um, there were lots of plans to assassinate Castro. Um, I think more sounds of things more more pre Bay of Pigs than post Bay of Pigs, but they it sort of carried on right the way through. Um, first of all, we we, we have the, the exploding cigar. Supposedly, the CIA, CIA wanted to swap one of Castro's famous cigars for one that would explode when he lit it and blow his head up. Not actually certain if that's true, though. Yes, this is one of these things which is probably an urban myth based upon knowledge that there were plans by organizations like the CIA to at least think about assassinating Fidel Castro. And there was talk about poisoning the cigars so mm. putting some kind of coating on the cigar or coating the interior of the cigar, the actual dried tobacco leaves itself, to cause him to die, because apparently lung cancer can take far too yep. long. And so the exploding cigar probably came 
out of mm. that particular kind of narrative. There was a little, I, I, I did see just one little note of people suggesting that there could have been some sort of a disinformation thing, that it was a, a story that the CIA was happy to, to, to allow to circulate because it would distract from their real plans to yeah, poison cigars and do other stuff like that. But yeah, there's not, doesn't seem to be much of, um, evidence for that, but there is a, more evidence, I think, from these 1997 declassified papers that, yeah, they wanted all sorts of plans to poison him, want to poison his cigars, uh, poison his writing pen, poison ice cream, um, just generally inject him with poison. They, they, they were, there's a bunch of stuff about the, the poisons that they selected. They eventually went for botulism or bot botulinum or whatever it is, the more poisony form of botulism because they could get it in tablets and dissolve it in liquid. And I think the plan was just for someone to walk up and stick Castro with a needle or something like that. But then, then they hit upon an idea which I would never have thought of myself. Mm. Fungus in the diving suit. Fungus in the diving suit. Which sounds like the weirdest accusation in Cluedo you can possibly mm. make. I mean, it's not even on the cards. No, you'd have to write it on the back of a different <laughs> one, yeah. You know, apparently there, there were also plans to get some sort of bacterial fungal spores uh, inside his diving specifically things that are very bad for you if you breathe them in. So they put them in the breathing apparatus of his diving suit when he went diving, as he was known to do, and he'd breathe in these spores that would poison his lungs. Um, but and so apparently they sort of you know got 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 all the way through the planning stages, but they never quite seemed to work out. There were people people the supposed poisoners would get cold feet, or you know the plans that they, they they could get to this place where they thought Castro was going to be, but then Castro ended up not going there, and so on and so forth. So none of these things really worked out. Um, but it wasn't just. Um, wasn't just poisoning to kill him. They were also sort of more looking at more subtle ways of of uh, chemically influencing Castro, mm, just as more of a propaganda would, thing. No, he'd start giving his speech in front of the brave Cuban people, and then he'd start to slur his words ever so slightly, and maybe forget a bit of his speech or refer to very large handwritten notes saying. I did not collude, there is no quid quo pro. Things that would make it make him as a leader mm. look very embarrassing to his people. Yeah. Yes, so, so what, they're not just exploding his cigars and poisoning his cigars. Another plan was to put some sort of um, mind-altering drugs in his cigars. Um, there was the, the idea that they were going to put um, drugs on his shoelaces. Apparently they, they reckoned they had someone... They knew Castro would go somewhere and leave his shoes outside, and they had someone, and the plan was to sprinkle the stuff on his shoelaces, some thallium salts, I think it was, which are a really strong depilatory, depilatory agent, which would make his beard fall out. And everyone would think that, how silly yeah, he was. That would Castro without his beard. The leader of Cuba. Mm. If his beard starts falling out, the people are bound to revolt. Indeed. Uh, and there were also plans to, to somehow spray his broadcasting studio with LST, LSD so that in, yeah, in the middle of his speeches he'd suddenly start grooving to the colours or something and things would get very wacky but um, none, of those, none of those worked out and then there was just more, more sort of propagandary um, roles they were talking about uh, making fake photos of Castro uh, quote, with two beauties in any situation desired so I mean that that could really backfire on you though. If it's, oh, Castro, he the man. Well, exactly. I, have you ever seen the? I'm not sure if it was um, Doctor Zeus or someone else. It was known for. Doing, oh, I have not seen a picture of Doctor Zeus no. with 
Wartime Doctor Zeus. It was it was someone like him or someone like him. Sorry, did, that makes um, it sound like a missing Doctor Who episode. The wartime. The Doctor wartime Zeus. Doctor. No, well, gold. Theodore Giesel during World War Two apparently did um, pornographic propaganda cartoons, which would be things like sort of Hitler and Mussolini in a in a homosexual situation and such stuff like that. Um, and yeah, the, I, I'm not sure. I, th I think. Um, but values are a bit different back then, so simply being being intimate with a lady friend could perhaps be enough of a scandal that it would... I don't know. Uh, but supposedly um, th there were also plans to, to distribute one-way tickets to Mexico City or Caracas um, to try to, to, I don't know, just, you know, hey, you want to get out of Cuba? Well, you can, and there'd be some flight out of, you know, mass flights. Well, that's something where, free holiday? Free holiday, yeah. Well, that was only a one-way ticket, but I guess you only have to afford a one-way yeah, ticket. Precisely. Home, and you've just halved the cost of going to Mexico City. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's some of the 33 plans of Operation Mongoose. Um, but in 1960, I really should ask you to list all three, all well, 33 species I have, I have of mongoose. All oh, 33 species of mongoose. Yeah. No, that would. I was going to say be interesting, but it almost certainly wouldn't. Um, 1962, though, um, the the American military types started bringing up this Operation Northwoods, and this is where things get 100% false flagging. Oh, yes. As far yeah, as I could see, is. Operation Northwoods consisted entirely of various false flag attacks America uh, could perpetuate and blame on Cuba as a pretext to invading Cuba. Now, it should be pointed out, these did not occur. These did not occur. And these did not occur because when they got to the president's desk, the president went, oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, yeah, so Kennedy vetoed Northwoods on the spot. It had never actually happened, but it was all planned. Yeah, it was it things was... that military heads mm. thought was really, really a good idea. Mm. So, uh, what's the quote I have? The desired result from the execution of this plan would be to place the United States in the apparent position, apparent position, of suffering defensible grievances from a rash and irresponsible government of Cuba and to develop an inter international image of a Cuban threat to peace in the Western Hemisphere. So they are standard false flag aims, really. Yeah. Um, and so they talked about um, possibly assassinating Cuban nationals, I assume, the, the exiles in America, uh, sinking boats of Cuban refugees, hijacking planes, blowing up an American ship, orchestrating violent terrorism in American cities. Um, pr pretty extreme stuff, really. Yeah, and do it in such a way that you could blame the Cubans for mm. it. So basically you assassinate Cuban exiles in Miami and make it look as if the Cubans were responsible for it, so blame it on Havana. Sink boats of Cuban refugees to suggest that the Cubans do not want anyone leaving Cuba whatsoever. And of course, hijacking planes and blowing up US ships is quite obvious. Blame that on Cuba. Mm. And so, and then you had these sort of sub operations in there. Operation Bingo was supposedly a plan to fake a Cuban attack on Guantanamo Bay. Um, and Operation Dirty Trick. Now, this is how this is how we got into it yeah, in the first is, place. This is the source. This this is why we're talking about it. it was because that tweet I mentioned a while ago, basically just out of the blue, was saying, "Hey, remember, guys, if the Mercury space flight had had turned out to fail, you, you know, America was going to blame it on Cuba." Um, and obviously, you looked at that. Well, that's your classic false flag. This deserves looking into. Yeah. That, that was the particular one that got called out a little while ago. So Operation Dirty Trick. Um, 
in, 19, in February of 1962, you had the Mercury Atlas Mission 6, uh, the first American orbital space flight um, when, when John Glenn, who would... Um, He's, he's a name I know of from the space program. Was he was he involved in the, the lunar missions, or was he just I believe so, he before yes. that? At any rate, famous American astronaut. He was going up on the Mercury Six uh, mission, um, and obviously, you know, there's, the, there's the middle of the space race as well. Uh, so it wasn't just Cuba. America was interested in. They also wanted to beat the Soviets out into space. Um, but. Yeah, risky experimental, there's always the chance of failure. So they'd... We knew that the Soviet space program, their cosmonaut pro program, had suffered mm. some quite terrible setbacks. And so arguably one of the rationales the Americans had with blaming Cuba for any potential issue with their Mercury launches was to go, our mission is much safer and much more rigorous than that of the Ruskies. So if something goes wrong, it must be because someone interfered. Mm. So yeah, they, I mean, they, they just sort of, it was just a case of, of two things coming together, really. I think they, they wanted a contingency plan if things went wrong, and they also wanted to make life difficult for Cuba. So kill two birds with one stone, isn't no it? No April sign Cuba that year. No, none at all. Um, so yeah, you had this this catalogue of, of false planned false flag attacks, basically. There was one... Uh, some of them suggested a, quote, remember the Maine incident. Uh, remember the Maine was a slogan Americans adopted uh, when, this this is all the way going back to the, the, the end of the uh, 19th century, apparently Spain sunk an American warship called the Maine in Cuban waters, um, and there was there was war with Spain and all that business. And so apparently this is a bit of a historical illusion. It's like, ah, oh, damn it, they're at it again. Uh, this that would, that would be sort of the... the um, uh, spirit they'd want to tap into with one of their false flags. Now attacks. this makes me think we haven't actually done the American-Spanish War no. and Randolph Hearst sending reporters down there on the notion of you supply the pictures, I'll supply the war, mm. which is actually a fairly interesting story which probably does deserve an episode of this podcast. Mm. Look but at us, we just keep on generating content do. by doing other content. Mm. It's madness. This episode, I mean this series actually just runs itself now. Mm. We're just here for the ride. Now, as we um, as we mentioned, Operation Northwoods never happened because Kennedy said no. Uh, the Mercury flight didn't fail, so no need for Operation Dirty Trick. Um, and then the Mongo stuff. I mean, some of it to the, the, around the, sort of the intelligence gathering and so on. I think some you know some of these plans were put into action, but obviously Castro died. When did he die? Not too long ago now. Fairly recently. So yeah. he, he he survived well past all of this. Um, Longer than Kennedy, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I'm pretty yeah, sure. What ever Whatever happened, happened to, to JFK? Yeah. Weird. And. But, 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 Mongoose, they probably would have kept going on with it if it weren't for something else that happened near the end of 1962. Which was? Was the Cuba Missile Crisis. Really? Yeah. That sounds, that sounds pretty bad. That sounds fairly crisis-ish, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the Cuba Missile Crisis comes along and suddenly, suddenly Russia's involved, suddenly nuclear war is, is a very real possibility. And after that got resolved, uh, it, it seemed pretty much like, OK, guys, let's, let's just back away from Cuba. Let's yeah. just call I mean, it on Cuba a little bit, the OK? Cuba we, we got away from Crisis it this is a kind of, It's a weird name for what really occurred, mm. which was Russian nuclear missiles stationed on the island of Cuba, mm. which was a missile crisis on Cuba, but they weren't Cuban missiles, no. they were Russian missiles. Yes. But suddenly you had 
Russian nuclear armament right on America's doorstep, Ooh. metaphorically speaking, not yes. literally. Um, yes, I mean this was this was massive. This uh, like. Again, I really wish I'd uh, spoken to a to a boomer and said, like, how exactly how much were people shitting their pants during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Because I gather that a lot of people thought, oh, well, this is it. This is you know nuclear war. It was war. about but seven days long. That wasn't was th it was thirteen, I think. Oh, it was, it, yeah. That, that's more than seven. It's more than seven. That's number wang. It is. I don't know why. I actually said, as soon as you said thirteen, I went, yes, I know that. Why did I say seven? I don't know. You must have made me. I probably did. With your mesmer stare. Mm. So yeah, so so after uh, Kennedy said no to Northwoods, Operation Dirty Trick didn't need to happen, uh, and then the Cuban Missile Crisis kind of put paid to Operation Mongo, sort of. I mean, they, 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 these plans were very much uh, put on ice, but apparently even after Kennedy vetoed uh, Northwoods, apparently the Joint Chiefs were still still coming up with these schemes. I think you know, maybe they thought they could come up with something that Kennedy would like. And, and the mongoose things, they you know, were still bubbling along, but it never really... Um, Never really, never really took off. Basically, I mean that might be in part because there were there were other conflicts yes. overseas mm. post Kennedy that ended up taking ta taking the brunt, taking of, the heat off Cuba. Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, history history has kind of had its way. But yeah, it is like you know when, when you talk about the CIA and Cuba and all that, people tend to go for the exploding exploding cigars. The the articles I've read are mostly like, here are all the silly things. Here's the wacky stuff that the CIA, all those silly plans, are going to make make Castro's beard fall out and make him look silly. But they there were also plans to do some fairly nasty stuff. Oh yes, yes, it was it was it's one of the, I mean as you say, it'd be quite useful to have someone in the room. Who actually lived through it because in retrospect it all seems a little bit weird and mm. possibly slightly silly especially given how big america is compared to how tiny mm. cuba is and yet at the time this was a major diplomatic mm. issue yeah no it's it's quite and um and, and it sort of resonated for a long time afterwards i think especially after these papers came out well, i mean especially since Agitation towards Cuba is still a thing mm. in American politics to this day. And but, uh, but in the other direction, sort of colouring Cuba's attitudes towards America, with the fact that all these plans came out, and I believe it was sort of early early 21st century when sort of there, there was some amount of people saying, yeah, we probably, probably shouldn't have done that. But. Now, do you know, related to Cuba, but not to America, actually it's kind of related to America, there's a weird rule with respect to importing goods into Cuba, mm. which is that if you import goods into Cuba, you can't dock your ship in an American port for several months, which actually makes it hard to import goods into Cuba, because if you're carrying a container load of goods for Cuba, you probably want to go to an American port at the same time, mm. well, and you yeah, can't. Mm. Now, because of this, exporting stuff from Cuba is also difficult because, once again, if your ship goes into a Cuban port, you can't go to a North American port, at least not in the US. You probably can go to Canada. However, interestingly enough, a New Zealand coffee roastery, People's Coffee, had, until recently, and this actually still might be true, the only coffee export license for Cuban coffee beans. Huh. So this country had access to coffee they could either drink in Havana, 
or down in Wellington. Weird. And, and it's good coffee, too. Mm. It's now available in supermarkets all around the country. Well, how about that? I was actually very tempted when I went to the US year before last to actually take Havana coffee beans with mm. me to then import Cuban coffee beans into America. But then I realized that actually if I got stopped by they a border officer... They probably wouldn't have a sense of humor Yeah, they probably it. wouldn't find it funny. Even mm. though technically as a product roasted in Aotearoa, New Zealand, it would actually count as locally sourced in some way, shape or form. But I imagine trying to explain that, particularly when you've got a connecting flight, would be quite difficult. Mm. Yes, no, probably better that you didn't. So, there you go. CIA, Cuba, Castro, there are words that start with C. That's irrelevant, but I've run out of other facts, and I think that means it's time to end this episode. But not for everyone, not for everyone because no. patrons get bonus content, you and do? you can too, if you slip us a dollar a month or more via our Podbean or Patreon funding campaigns. Links in the description, in the... Links in the podcast description or on the Podbean page you might be using to get access to this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. It all made sense in the end. And what a news cornucopia we've got for you. We do. We've got an update on that whole Russia Brexit thing. We've got an update on Jeffrey Epstein. We've got an update on Julian Assange. We've got a small note about what's going on in Bolivia. A Australian far-right terrorist document, which apparently is Monty Python satire. And, of course, we have our traditional, by now, Trump update. Mm. Will it's we, will Trumpy. We be, will we be playing the sting? Of course we'll be playing the sting. Um, actually, I just thought now we should probably have a false flag sting as well. Like, yes. a, like a, just any time it comes up. Just like like DJs on a crappy radio show, you just sort of push a button. It's like false, false flag. flag or something like yeah. But not today. Today is not that day. <clears throat> I'm still actually just a little bit getting over the cold, which was the reason why um, we delayed we our delayed recording last, last week. But so I should uh, stop talking and, and save my vocal cords for our patrons because they get the best of me. They um, do. They get the completely naked Josh recording. I was I was in shorts last week, naked from the knees down, baby. Uh, naked from the knees to the ankles, really, because I was wearing shoes as well. But all the shin action you could ask for. I mean, I was just disappointed that when you tweeted that, you said, ladies, anyone could find your legs sexy, Josh. Well, anyone they could. could find them sexy. Uh, I suppose. Stop being so heteronormative. I just assume the homosexual community has no interest in me because I'm... Josh, you're, you're a bear. I am a bear. I'm a beardy bear. Well, I don't know. I thought, isn't, isn't, there, a, isn't there an amount of huskiness, an amount of bulkiness involved in being a bear? You could be husky and bulky if you really well, tried. Well, I could, yes. I'm not even sure how we ended this episode talking about, about homosexual body type fashions. But, but as uh, the, lights but we did. Are literally the lights are literally going down dying around us, because it turns out that the Betcher reportage on... Some of these lights, not as well. Actually, you know, I suspect actually it's the batteries themselves are not particularly mm. good. And so the lights are doing their best to try and report the amount of battery in them. But rather than relying on using the same batteries twice in a row, I think I just recharge them every single time now. I think you probably should. And that's, of course, of no interest to our podcast listeners, but the video listeners will be interested to know why, why the things, lights yes, are doing weird things. But until next week, I think it's time for Josh to give his customary goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. M.R. Extenter, which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Mikey Fluids and Conspiracism. It's just a step to the left. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Take, Take me, me to the April sun, sun in Cuba. Cuba. Stop, stop, stop. That was brilliant. That is the best thing I've ever heard. Josh, you are on fire. This is going to be a number one hit all around the globe. I cannot believe just how good your pitch and timber are. You will get better and better every single time we record. I am amazed by your ability. It is astounding. You haven't memorized it word, word for word. Do you memorize your script word for word? Let's say yes. But I don't all right. just have flip, the... <laughs> flip that over and we'll start from the beginning. Ah, well, you see, but I need it for the psychological thing. And also, it'll probably just crash me. <laughs> well, it probably would, yes.